1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for tuning in today, as always, to Conscious Talk, radio that makes a difference. And uh, yeah, we're making a big difference again here today.
2: Well, uh, this is, of course, a special day. It is Election Counting Day. Mm -hmm. We can't really call it Election Day because that process will go on. We want to remind everybody, uh, be patient. Follow the law, uh, uh, be calm, and uh, everything's going to turn out okay. But, you know, while this has been going on in the midst of COVID, and, and certainly we've been very distracted by all of the election shenanigans, a lot of things have gone under the radar. And this is very important when it comes to natural health.
1: Yes, the FDA, by the way, is attacking homeopathics. I think we've told you that one before, but we want to remind you how important this is and to give you a website to go to to make your comment and you don't really even need to comment all you have to do is put in your personal information the comment is already there and just hit send this is incredibly important they're looking for up to a hundred thousand comments apparently there have only been a little over 16,000 that have been submitted we're going to lose our right to homeopathics are going to be taken off the store shelves if we 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 don't stand up for homeopathics.
2: And we know why this is happening, because uh, the effectiveness of pharmaceuticals has been eroding. Homeopathics have been around for centuries, and they've been working, and they've done nothing but improve their efficacy. Uh, over the last century and certainly the last few decades.
1: Well, I'm going to give you the website, but we also have this up on our Facebook page on our personal and conscious talk.net. So please, please take two minutes. That's all it takes to sign this. It's homeopathychoice.org forward slash FDA comment. Homeopathicchoice.org. FDA comment, or just go to our Facebook page. It's up on our site at conscioustalk.net. It's all there for you. Really, truly takes you less than two minutes to do it. And we need to do this if we want to protect our natural health.
2: Yeah, and thank you for supporting all of those sponsors because, as you have noticed, they're all from the natural products industry. And we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to an Encore presentation of Conscious Talk, radio that makes a difference. Welcome to Conscious Talk, radio that makes a difference. Well, coming up this hour on Conscious Talk, so you know what, folks, it's about time we have a real conversation about our health system. Why? Well, for one, people in the U.S. die at a 58% higher rate than people in other economically developed countries and we all know it costs more than most. We'll talk to Den Bishop, president of Holmes Murphy and author of The Voter's Guide to Healthcare. You'll wanna stay tuned for this. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Brenda Michaels and Rob Spears.
1: And thank you, Benny, and welcome folks to another hour of Conscious Talk,
2: Well, our special guest today is Den Bishop. Now, uh, Den is the president of Holmes Murphy, one of the nation's largest employee-owned and controlled insurance brokerages. Now, he leads the employee benefits practice, and he's also the co-founder of ACAP HealthWorks, an innovation and consulting firm focused on measurably improving health. We uh, his book really caught our attention, and it's perfect timing. Probably even more so now. It's called The Voter's Guide to Healthcare: A Nonpartisan, Candid, and Relevant Look at Politics and Healthcare in America. Dan, welcome to Conscious Talk.
3: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
1: So, Dan, why um, did you want to write a nonpartisan book about healthcare and politics now?
3: Well, you know, I'm not sure I wanted to, but uh, I, I think it was one of those burdens that uh, sometimes we carry in life that just think this is something that I need to do. In my day-to-day business, we work with employers and trying to help them navigate this, this world of financing healthcare. And the, the more I kept hearing from political campaigns, really on, on either side of the aisle, um, was really not getting to the real issues that uh, Americans are, are facing. And I don't view healthcare as a red or a blue issue. I, I think it's purple. It's uh, you know that combination, that perfect combination of red and blue, because the, the quality and affordability of our healthcare system impacts every single American. And um, you know, with uh, the COVID nineteen virus, I think people are even more aware of the sensitivity to really access to healthcare, not just insurance.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, we will get into um, more of that what's happening with the uh, with COVID nineteen. Um, but obviously, healthcare has been a huge issue for a very long time. And of course, I'm old enough to remember when. Hospitals were nonprofit, et cetera. (laughs) But um, you know, we have morphed into a system, and many people. And of course, you're in the insurance industry, so you understand that. But many people consider the system, uh, you know, more of an an insurance system, you know, than Mm -hmm. a healthcare system. So, how did that kind of come about that this became? So important.
1: Well, and so profit-oriented as opposed to healthcare-oriented.
3: Yeah. In my view, the, the big challenge that's created um, a bit of the, the the tangled ball of yarn that we seem to have right. is we've never really dealt with how we connect the public healthcare system or health insurance system, Medicare, Medicaid, Obamacare, um, if you think about it, about half of the healthcare financing in this country comes through those government sources, and the other half of it comes through um, private sources, um, primarily employer-sponsored coverage, people who get their insurance through their work, and then individuals who buy coverage on their own. and And we've never really dealt with how we try to connect those two things together. And I think that has created this space where um, we do have a very um, procedure and profit driven healthcare care system, not just mm-hmm. financing system, but right. the healthcare care system, because we haven't dealt with how do we really create the kind of health care that America needs and then how do we pay for it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, and, you know, now to maybe return a little bit to the covid um, uh, situation, it's obvious we've had these two systems, a private system and a public system. So our, we should be talking about health systems. But I was listening to Governor Cuomo, uh, and they have, uh, because of this emergency, they've formed a really good cooperative, or they're in the process. We don't know how good it is, but, you know, they're working through this problem of um Getting the public and the private system to cooperate and to share with each other, and I, and I think, you know, that's really a great thing, and maybe portends to what might happen in the future. We don't know, <laughs> because so many things are changing. But getting back to just the how our healthcare works in this country, um, we spend a lot of money on healthcare, and our outcomes are not great compared to you know, other modern
3: countries. So- are,
1: are we truly one of the worst performing countries with a healthcare system in the world?
3: <laughs> um, I, I will answer that. Uh, yes. And no. And, yeah. and mm. let me, let me kind of uh, give you why I say that. So most people know we are the highest cost. So we spend more. And I think that's, right. that's pretty widely known. The statistics on the performance Um, They'll go to things like life expectancy and life expectancy in the United States is kind of middle of the road. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of factors in that that really um, don't have much to do with our healthcare system. Things like uh, our drug uses rates versus other countries, gun violence deaths. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. things that hit that that we say hard to blame the doctors or the hospitals for that one. So there's another study, and and it it was it was entitled. It came from the Commonwealth Fund, and the Commonwealth Fund looked at this, and they referred to it as mortality amenable to healthcare, and that's a mouthful to try to (laughs) try to understand. But what they were looking at is at what rate do people die in a country from things that could have and should have been found and cured? In other words the cure was available, people didn't get it, and they passed away. At what rate is that happening in your country? And to me, that study was the single best kind of view of how our country is performing. And disappointingly, in the United States, um, people die from things that could have been found and cured. So there was a cure available, people didn't get it, at a 58% faster rate in the United States than other economically developed countries. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. that, that study really, um, really knocked me over. Because um, yeah. I, I really believe we have the best doctors and the best hospitals in the world. And I do really believe that. Um, my, my mom is a, uh, is a three-time cancer survivor, and she was the first woman in three generations on on my mom's side of the family to see her 43rd birthday. There's just this tragic history of of cancer in our family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I believe that, you know, it was some things that she discovered that she could do on her own and some great care that she received from some great doctors and hospitals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's celebrated her 78th birthday this year. You know, so it's, you know, I, I think we have in ways i think we have a wonderful healthcare system but it doesn't work for everybody yeah yes. yeah so it's and it's too what... complicated it's too expensive and that ends up with these results that we're not proud of
2: yeah. yeah yeah and i think also um and and we can point to our own stories with um, with cancer uh at where the conventional the existing system did not work for us and um we went on went outside and did some other things and and picked up some things from other countries etc and here we are many years later but what we've always thought then is that um, one of the larger problems with our approach is that we do very little about prevention and and i yes. i include in that um how we deal with our food system etc uh because uh, so many of the problems come from the fact that people are not getting proper food. And, you know, there's a million reasons for that also, a lot of them uh, choices, you know, mm-hmm. which which ultimately yeah. we will get to talk about, uh, you know, a little later on in the show about responsibility within whatever system you're within, mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. very important. But, you know, we are, folks, we are here with Den Bishop, we're talking about his book, The Voter's Guide to Healthcare, a Nonpartisan, Candid, and Relevant Look at Politics and Healthcare in America. It is a, I would say, a necessary read for you to understand, and it is a very understandable book. So you understand where we are and uh, And what we can do. Yeah, and ultimately the possibilities of where we can go, go with it, because he's got some great suggestions in the book. But hold on, we're going to run off to uh, some ads and we'll be back. Uh, we're talking about the Voter's Guide to Healthcare, and that is his website.com.
4: Everyone's raving about the newest botanical superstar hitting the store shelves nationwide. Hemp derived cannabidiol, or CBD, has been receiving a lot of attention for its tremendous promise on human health.
5: Be proactive about your immune health. Ask your retailer today about Dr. O'Hara's probiotics, RegActive Immune Formula, and Dr. O'Hara's Propolis Plus today. Also available online. You're listening to Conscious
0: Talk, where love is in the air. Have you ever wished there was a drug-free solution to inflammation and pain that was safe, easy, and didn't involve a doctor? Well, now there is. It's called the little magic machine by some. Others have described it as the ultimate anti-aging machine. This amazing FDA Class II cleared device is changing lives by giving relief from pain and inflammation in the comfort of their home. After inserting one's hand into a patented glove, users place their hand inside a vacuum chamber where a special microprocessor manages the application of negative pressure and heat to safely infuse heat into the circulatory system, reducing blood thickness and increasing microvascular circulation. Why is microvascular circulation important? Well, this is where the body heals, gets its nutrients, and pain and inflammation are reduced at the core level. To find out more, go to littlemagicmachine.com or the event section at conscioustalk.net for events where the Little Magic Machine is demonstrated. When you are too acidic, fat forms to protect your body. Thus, your diet actually leads to that dreaded bounce back in weight. What you need is power pH with BioPH, the most powerful alkalizing ingredient ever developed. The amazing effect of BioPH is that it buffers and removes the acid in your body that causes you to gain weight. Make your weight loss program work with clinically proven power pH. For more information and to order, go to powersofph.com. That's powersofph.com.
5: Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk
0: 1150. You're listening to an encore presentation of Conscious Talk, radio that makes a difference.
2: And welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Conscious Talk. And, you know, we're so glad to have you with us because we have for now, um, we're approaching our 19th year um, we've been learning together. You know, there is so much out there, and there are so many wonderful people, you know, doing the work, discovering the things we need to know, and then sharing them with us. And um, today's no different. We're with Den Bishop. Uh, he wrote a wonderful book called The Voter's Guide to Healthcare, a Nonpartisan Candid and Relevant Look at Politics and Healthcare in America. So, Den, you um, you know obviously you you come from the insurance industry and and with an emphasis on improving health, but you know you also had a personal story. I don't want people to think that this is just stilted toward insurance because your book certainly isn't you know insurance plays a an important role, but it's not everything so what how did you become passionate about this
3: yeah, you know um my, my mother's a three-time cancer survivor, and um, she was the first woman on, on her side of the family to see her, uh, in three generations, to see her 43rd birthday. Just a, you know, a terrible history of, of cancer in the family. And, you know, and I was uh, a senior in college when she was first diagnosed, and, and like many families do – um, when, when, when cancer knocks on the door, we, you know, we attacked it <laughs> um, right. full, full force as a family. And, um, and so, you know, I, I, I can kind of remember the, uh, the moment that, you know, we left one oncologist's office that um, she, she had, at this point, she had developed tumors in her abdomen and it looked like one was on her, on her liver. And, you know, the, the doctor's suggestion was, well, we just need to go in and surgery, open you up and see what's in there. And we recoiled in horror and said, that sounds like the worst idea um, to, to, you know, create a surgery and do that to the body without trying to figure out, you know, what exactly is the source of the cancer and those things. So we, mm-hmm. we kind of attacked that as a family on, on that and, you know, happy to say that, that my mom's doing great here. We're, we you know, it's been a long time since I graduated from college and a long time since she was first diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. and she's still around and doing great. Um, but you know, that, that kind of opened my eyes to the healthcare system and that you've got to get educated around what's going on in your body and with your risk and your family history and those kinds of things. But the, the other piece of that puzzle, um, she, she sold real estate and, you know, basically an independent contractor and was, was very successful in a relatively small town in Texas with that for, for decades um, and then still in that business, but there was no group insurance policy for her. Um, she had to buy health insurance on her own, um, and my dad had his own small business. And so, you know, for a couple of decades until she was eligible for Medicare when she turned age 65, she was in the the state high risk pool, so um, oh, yeah. I kind of <laughs> got a, a family introduction into one. How do you get engaged in managing health based on your family risk and what's going on there? And two, how how does all of this whole healthcare insurance system work? And and the government programs and the private programs. So that's kind of my story and and a little bit of what I think has really fueled my passion for us to kind of get this right for more people.
1: So here's a question for you, Dan. What we've observed over the years is that when private industry takes over, things get very expensive, and many times, of course not every time, but many times they don't do as good a job. And health insurance is... Private industry, profit-driven. Whenever anything is profit-driven, what get, gets left behind is quality and real service. What do you think about that? That's our concern about the healthcare system. It's profit-driven. Yeah, I,
3: w- I would so love to tell you you are wrong. <laughs> they <laughs> give you all the reasons that, that, boy, your perspective around this is just not um, not. Not right, but but you know, unfortunately, I can't do that. Um, here's the way that I view the whole system, having having been in it for over three decades, and you know, there are a lot of great people in the healthcare system and the healthcare financing system, but there are some behaviors that uh, that maybe your mom wouldn't be real proud of if she saw you um, pulling off. I, I, I kind of um, at times will will relay it. Or, or compare it to a, a fraternity. That, mm-hmm. you know, in a fraternity, I think you have some good kids that end up in these clubs and then they start doing some really dumb things. And mm-hmm. then somebody shoots a video of them doing them do- these dumb things And then they get kicked out of school for their horrible behavior. And and the whole time they were thinking, I was just doing what was happening in my environment. Right? Boy, I didn't really think about it being that wrong. But when I step back and look at it, I go, Mm -hmm. well, that's really wrong. Mm -hmm. And I wish the stakeholders in healthcare could kind of have that fraternity video (laughs) experience and step back and look at financially of what's happening. And I think they're good people who are in an environment that allows them to make really inconsistent decisions with the character of who the people want to be. And so we, we've, we've created this profit driven system that um, is really creating some tragic financial and health outcomes. Right. They're, yeah, they're not and in... bad people, but they're making bad decisions.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 And in fact, there, there's an exorbitant number of uh, bankruptcies, uh, due to um you know health yes. i mean just uh, going through health care that can really the number one driver
3: you know. of number one driver of personal bankruptcy in this country is um is healthcare expenses most of mm-hmm. those people have insurance and they yeah. still yes. can't afford it
2: right yeah yeah no yes. i understand that i in the 90s i had a small company and and we had to uh reduce our health we could only get into uh, a uh, a closed insurance group, and we wanted to provide that for our in, for our employees and uh, it a- a- as the group continued and the experience in the group started to not get so good we uh the expenses just went up and up and up, and of course, I had had cancer, I couldn't be covered for that, but it was still it became so exorbitant we had to lay people off so that we could afford to pay the insurance and ultimately we ended up as a mom and pop operation because it just blew us out of the water. So I think, you know, for small business also, it's difficult, but I think, um, Dan, people experience this every day.
1: So, so what and, do you think, yeah. Dan, about Medicare for all then, or free health care, or universal coverage then? Because if we continue down this road of profit driven, things won't change much.
2: Right. I mean, is it possible to go in that
3: direction?
1: And is it feasible?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let me answer two. Uh, I'll answer with two numbers. And then we'll get back to we'll, – we'll, we'll wrap ourselves back to Medicare for All because I think that's a, a very popular term and an mm-hmm. important for, term for your listeners to understand. Um, but there's two numbers I, I want to kind of uh, focus on to help people understand this issue and the complexity of it. The first one is $87 million. And uh, Mayor Pete, when he was still in the campaign, he had latched onto this, used it in, uh, in his final debate in Iowa, and then Bernie Sanders has grabbed onto this 87 million number, and that comes from a study that said 87 million Americans were inadequately insured in 2018. 87 million Americans, and that was mm-hmm. voting-age Americans. They left out the children, and they left out everybody after over age 65. So these oh, were wow. 18 to 64-year-olds, 87 million. That, if you took that number, that would be the number of Americans that age in 40 states plus the District of Columbia. That's, I mean, how pervasive
1: Wow. that yeah.
3: many people and, and what what's happened in this consumer-driven movement in healthcare, um, which I don't think works, and I speak to why I don't believe that works. It, it has not slowed down inflation. It's actually increased inflation mm-hmm. um, because people aren't they're not empowered to make consumer decisions because they don't have all the information. But this 87 million, what's fueling it, is not the uninsured. And politically, there's been a lot of talk about the people who have no health insurance. Well, there's actually far more people who have health insurance, but if somebody in their house gets sick, they don't have the money to meet their deductible and they're out-of-pocket. Right. That is the American tragedy. And so because they have that financial pressure, they're not going to the doctor when they think something might or might not be wrong. Um, And this COVID thing has them panicked because of course. they don't have the deductible and co-insurance mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. so i think that's really what bernie sanders he tapped into that anxiety and that fear that that mm-hmm. that, that 87 million voting americans understand and his mm-hmm. medicare for all message was very powerful relief for that very significant number of americans who know if somebody got sick in their house, they don't have the money to pay their share of the cost.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's and a I'm, problem that we have. And I, I want to back that up really quick, Dan, before we run off to our next break. Um, and we are on Medicare because of our age, but we have now been able to get secondary supplemental insurance where we have an astronomical high deductible in order to afford the payments and keep them reasonable and this is exactly what you're talking about and when we come back from the sprays break we're going to get back into that you're listening to conscious talk we'll be right back
4: mom can i have some spray sure honey thanks mom you know what that is that's the sound of my child thanking me for giving her something that's actually good for her teeth Spry Gum is part of the Spry Dental Defense System, a complete line of oral care products made with 100% Xylitol, the all natural sweetener with proven dental benefits. So, when we're at home, my whole family uses Spry Toothpaste and Mouthwash to help strengthen our teeth and reduce the risk of tooth decay. And when we're on the go, I just throw some Spry Gum and mince right into my bag. Visit SpryDental.com or ask for Spry by name at your local health food store. You can also ask your dentist about Spry. And make sure your mouth is receiving all the benefits of 100% xylitol products.
5: At Vitamin Shop, Sprouts, Kroger, and most natural product retailers. Find a retailer near you at Clear.com.
0: 25
5: alternative talk 1150 it's good for what ails you this statement has not been evaluated by the fda
0: you're listening to an encore presentation of conscious talk radio that makes a difference and
1: welcome back hey thanks for tuning in today with us folks here Unconscious talk, radio that makes a difference. You know, we make a difference because we really deeply explore these subjects. We care about them. We care about you. We care about ourselves. Um, And we want things to be better in the world. So we bring to you people that have some amazing amazing ideas that can make things better. And one of them today with us is our special guest, Dan Bishop. The book is A Voter's Guide to Healthcare, A Nonpartisan Candid and Relevant Look at Politics and Healthcare in America. His website, votersguidetohealthcare.com. So Dan, at the end of the last segment, I shared with you that we're on Medicare and we got supplemental insurance. And the payments are low, monthly payments, but the deductible is astronomical, and you said this is part of the problem when I talked about and asked you about Medicare for all, universal coverage, etc. So pick it up from there for us.
3: Sure, so we were talking about this big out-of-pocket that most people have. So they have insurance, yes. but they don't have enough money to meet their share of the deductible out-of-pocket. Mm-hmm. One of the big drivers of that um, and, and I'll speak to it in terms of the non-Medicare world, because um, as, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, about half the healthcare in this country is financed by government sources, Medicare, Medicaid,
5: mm-hmm. programs
3: like that. About half is through private insurance. There is a substantial difference in how much primarily hospitals, but it's doctors and hospitals. I'll, I'll focus on the hospital side of it. There's a substantial difference in how much the hospital is paid, whether it is a private or a public um, patient. The gap last year on average in this country um, was was substantial. Private insurance after discount pays hospitals 241% of what Medicare pays for the exact same service. Wow. So we have this significant hidden tax in mm-hmm. every hospital bill that anyone pays. Mm-hmm. Well, this hidden tax is one of the major reasons that the insurance premiums are so high mm-hmm. and why the out-of-pockets are so high. And yet it is a totally opaque system. If somebody goes to an insurance company executive, somebody goes to a hospital executive and says, hey, do you believe in price transparency? They're absolutely, we are 100% believers in price <laughs> price transparency, we say, well, can we have the contract with you and your Blue Cross Blue Shield organization or you and, and Aetna or United Healthcare? And and both sides of that equation will say, absolutely not. Those are trade secrets. Yep. So we have this wow. opaque contracting system where we as consultants know that our, our customers and their families are, are paying well over double what the government pays for the exact same hospital services. Mm-hmm. And if you roll the clock back about 20 years, there was a gap of about 15% at that point. Mm-hmm. So in in this in this increasingly split, messed up world in healthcare financing in a hidden system, we actually keep charging more and more and more and more Americans more and they have no idea where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And and to me, that is one of the biggest cost problems that we have Mm -hmm. is that we have no real transparency. We have no real index to say how much something really should cost.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, So that kind of standardization across the board would be something. And I I know you suggest this as one of your steps in the book. Um, If we had... uh, a system that standardized procedural costs uh, and everybody knew what they were, Mm -hmm. that would be greatly advantageous.
3: Well, as a consumer, if you knew that that one facility was going to charge you, you know, 40% more than another and if the quality was similar in any other product or service, you would never do that. You wouldn't pay that. Of
1: course. Of course. But in healthcare,
3: you have no idea. No. Because we have we have kept the quality and the cost hidden behind a dark curtain, we need to open that curtain up so Americans can understand what it costs and what the quality outcomes really are. Yeah. So
1: we're going to run off to another uh, quick break here, but before we do, and I want you to answer this when we come back. Dan, here's the situation right now, and I'm just going to say it out: the Trump administration is is suing. To or taking to the Supreme Court to get, um, he- you know, health insurance, o- Obama- the Obamacare thrown, care out. Yeah. thrown out completely, completely thrown out. And so what are people supposed to do if they don't even have that? And why would our government do something like that if our government is organized to help people not to harm us so hold on i'm going to have you answer that when we come back this is conscious talk radio we'll be back after these messages
0: what if you could be your own healer well you can unleash your natural healing abilities with the aim program of energetic balancing this exciting new spiritual technology has been featured in best-selling books like natural cures and in dr wayne dyer's there's a spiritual solution to every problem The AIM program of Energetic Balancing allows you to heal yourself 24 hours a day from anywhere in the world. More than 60,000 people have experienced the AIM program of Energetic Balancing. The novel sanctuary, The Path to Consciousness, walks you through one's journey of self-healing with the spiritual technology. To learn more about energetic self-healing, you can order the novel sanctuary today by calling 877-500-3622. Or request a free AIM information kit. Call 877-500-3622 or visit energeticmatrix.com. Unleash your natural self-healing abilities with the AIM program of energetic balancing.
5: Conscious Stock, the real meal deal. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics, not just another powder in a capsule. With hundreds of probiotic products to choose from, what makes health experts worldwide consider Dr. O'Hara's probiotics superior? Dr. O'Hara's crowning distinction is the 500-plus postbiotic metabolites produced during its three-year fermentation process. Why are postbiotics so important? Postbiotics are vital for sustained digestive balance and overall immune health. Postbiotics are fundamental for hormonal balance, weight management, skin care, and brain health. Postbiotics are the Dr. O'Hara advantage that is essential to our health and wellness. Encapsulated in a vegetarian soft gel, Dr. Ohiro's probiotics is a live paste of 12 strains of probiotic bacteria and nourishing prebiotics from whole fruits and vegetables. Join the millions of people worldwide who know the power of Dr. Ohiro's probiotics. Go to www.essentialformulas.com today to find a retailer near you or search online. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to an encore
0: presentation of Conscious Talk, radio that makes a difference. And
2: welcome back. Yes, you are still tuned in to Conscious Talk. And as Brenda likes to say, tuned in is the important thing. You know, you want to actually recognize what's going on in your own life and how that projects out to the rest of the world and, you know, what's going on out there, how that affects you. And you have choices and you have responsibilities. And we're helping to sort of open the curtain on those areas and so that you can make your own choices. I'm Rob Spear, And
1: I'm Brenda Michaels. And if you're just joining us, well, you've missed a really good interview. And you can catch up with that on our podcast or on our site, ConsciousTalk.net in our archives. But I'm going to repeat the question, Dan, that I asked you prior to the break. If, in fact, Um, The government is here to be of service to the public. And our very own administration right now has taken to the Supreme Court Obamacare and trying to completely destroy it or eliminate it. Why, what is going on? Why would they do that when they they have to know most people, like you said, bankruptcies are the healthcare care bankruptcies are the number one reason people bankrupt. most people can't afford their deductibles. If they know that, what's the reasoning behind this?
3: Well, that is a great question. and you know, I think this the Supreme Court issue is um is. <laughs> Is a trap that President Trump probably wishes he had not stepped into. Um, you know, if you look at Obamacare, and I'll kind of give you a little, a little history on Obamacare and, and what it's done. Most people either love or hate Obamacare, and even the word Obamacare, based on how they vote, not what they know about it. Right. Um, and, and so the reason that, that I say that, um, here's kind of what the Affordable Care Act has done. There are about 20 million people in this country who have health insurance today that wouldn't have it if it wasn't for the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. 20 million people have coverage. Um, Most of that's through Medicaid expansion. Some have subsidies. But about 20 million people have coverage. The cost of that, if you look at the latest Congressional Budget Office data, the cost of that, and the Congressional Budget Office looked at it over a 10-year period, and it's about $2 trillion dollars. Um, To provide that coverage. So if you do the math, it's costing us about $10,000 per person per year to cover this 20 million people in Obamacare. That's the simple math. And what unfortunately has happened politically is no one is talking about whether is that a good deal? Is that a bad deal? Is there maybe a more effective way? Is this working? And we've kind of beat it up. Um, because they feel like if they're on the Republican side, they have to say they hate Obamacare. Well, why? Do they hate it because they thought it was a bad value? What, what, what do they hate about it? They can't say it. And you go to the other side and you say you love Obamacare. What do you love about it? And most can't say it there. But that's really the math of Obamacare. And I believe that the Trump administration um, kind of wishes this hadn't come back up um, okay. because I don't see how they win politically in this one. The Affordable Care Act is is popular. The most popular thing about it is the pre-existing condition protection. Right, Um right. So um, the Republican proposals that have been out there that they failed to get through Congress, they had pre-existing condition protections in them. But the very fact that, um, that this, this kind of repeal and replace mantra that got Republicans elected, I think they're wishing they could run away from that mantra at this point um, because it's hurting them more than helping them politically. And I don't think that it does the uh, the Republicans any good at all if the Supreme Court were to strike down and eliminate uh, Obamacare. I think it would create a uh, um, I think it would be create a big challenge for Republicans. Oh, yeah.
1: and it'd be yeah. an unprecedented mess, is yeah, what
3: it yeah. would be. So oh, we'll just, I, I think it would be terribly, um, terribly messy for them. Um, you know, they, they ran on repeal and replace without ever having to tell the people, uh, the American what the... people, what replace really meant. Right. The Democrats, you know, in the, in the Sanders campaign, are running for Medicare for all, and most Americans don't really know what that is either, because it's right. complicated. Of course. Yeah,
2: Yeah, well, the truth of the matter is, um, it's going to cost whatever it costs, and we're going to pay for it one way or another, whether you're paying it directly or whether you're paying it in taxes. You know, those are the things that will need to be worked out. But, you know, we kind of touched on this idea of a value based system, at least agreeing on on what procedures cost, what hospital stays cost, that kind of thing. Um, what else would be sort of a major motion that we could make or what we have to look at to start bringing this system in line?
1: And, and improve it a little.
3: Yeah. I, I believe that the magic sits in how we connect public and private together. Mm. And that has not been adequately um, debated. Because the Republican side, the stance has to be we want to get rid of anything that looks like government control. And, and the, the Sanders campaign has, has pulled the debate so far on the, the progressive side that it has to be all government. Well, I think this combination could work. And, and, and here's why I say that all government, at least in the financing, might be a, a problem that Americans would not sign up for if they understood it. The average hospital – Uh, loses 9.9% on every Medicare patient. In other words, Mm. Mm. Medicare is paying hospitals less than the actual cost to deliver that care. Wow. So that's why the hospitals are charging private patients so much is because Medicare and Medicaid effectively are underpaying hospitals. Now, I'm not going to say whether hospitals could or couldn't get more efficient, but what it costs them to do business today, they are losing 9.9%, we'll just call it 10% on Medicare treatment. Right. What, what COVID-19 has, has brought to, to many Americans' minds is that it's actually access to care when we need it that matters greatly. I want to say yes. matters most because if you can't afford it, it's still a problem. But right. affordability is a problem, but access to care, if we said tomorrow that every hospital in America, all they get paid is the Medicare rate. Everything else is gone. Private insurance is gone. That's all gone. Then the entire system that we have, in, in, in my view, collapses. It's mm-hmm. too much money out of the system too fast. Mm-hmm. Right. Too many jobs that would get lost. Too many hospitals that would have to shut down because the system has, has – has been built on this bloated financing that says I get unlimited profit from private insurance and I'll lose a little bit on the government programs. So um, surprisingly, what what people haven't really understood in some of the COVID-19 is the major hospital insurance, or excuse me, the major hospital stocks of the publicly traded um, hospital companies, they have been hammered and dropped over 50%. And you would think, well, wait a minute, hospitals are going to get all this business. Well, the problem is all the elective procedures have been canceled. That's the high profit margin stuff. right? And right. all that got canceled, so we would free up beds for the COVID-19 um, that, that's inevitably coming to community after community. So the hospitals lost the high profit margin. And I saw an article today that said the average hospital for every – government-paid um, patient in COVID-19, so every Medicare Medicaid patient that they have, which is going to be the majority because the, the disease unfairly um, harms those that are older. The older are covered by Medicare, so that's going to be the majority of the hospitalizations on the country as it, as it continues to spread. Mm. It said the average hospital is going to lose $1,000 on every one of those patients. Mm. Wow. wow. So even though you get all this business as a hospital and they're doing this great public service caring for people economically, this is terrible for hospitals, even though their hospitals are gonna be full because they're gonna be full in a system that underpays them. We need to ultimately get to a place where the the cost and what the government pays balance out Mm -hmm. and that what everybody else pays is somehow connected to that. It doesn't have to be the same because I don't think we can do that, but we should be able to index or link what everybody pays to what the government pays. Yeah, yeah and that right. makes if we just dealt If we dealt with that one underlying disconnect then everything else could start falling into place. Right.
2: Well, and folks, that is just one of the discussions um, uh, that is, you know, really important to have. There are so many more in the book, and you will understand how the system works and where we might be able to take it. Then, thank you so much. I want to mention your websites, holmes, H-O-L-M-E-S, murphy.com is your company. Uh, But also, folks, you can go to
1: VotersGuideToHealthCare.com. Thank you so much, Dan, for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Folks, thank you. Have a beautiful day. We'll see all of you next time right here on Conscious Talk.